You're listening to the Auctioneer Tech Auction Podcast. Today is Wednesday, 7 January 2008. Auctioneertech.com. Technology, auctions, and auctioneers. Auction tech for the auction industry. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the Auction Podcast from Auctioneer Tech. My name is Aaron Traffis and joining me today for the third in the Auctioneer interview series is my friend Scott Musser, BAS. Scott is an auctioneer for Musser Brothers from Kennewick, Washington and is currently the president-elect of the National Auctioneers Association. He has previously served the NAA as vice president, treasurer, and a member of the board of directors and is a past president of the Washington Auctioneers Association. Good afternoon, Scott, and thank you for joining me. Hello, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me on. You operate the Tri-Cities office of Musser Brothers there in Kennewick, but I know you have locations in Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. I know auctions run deep in your family. Who are Musser Brothers? How did your family get started in the industry, and how did you branch out? All right. Thanks, Aaron. Well, uh, currently Musser Brothers is a combination of the four brothers, uh, myself, the youngest, and then uh, Merton and Billings. Randy in Twin Falls, and Harold in Cody. And uh, we are four brothers. Uh, we do have an uh, older sister as well. She's actually the oldest in the family. She's not active in the business. She does uh, participate from time to time. But uh, our company was started back back in the mid-'50s by our parents, Bob and Lily and Musser, back in Cody, Wyoming. And they started out uh, just uh, doing a little bit of all kinds of sales. They had a little they had a little sale barn there, and... and uh, the older kids grew up working in the sale barn, holding up pots and pans and setting up chairs and sweeping floors, and and uh, it ultimately grew out from that to doing a lot of equipment auctions and some real estate auctions and so forth. And we really didn't have any grandioso plan of growth. It just kind of uh, morphed its way to what it is today. Um, we all ended up in our different areas for one reason or another, but it... Uh, Came together like kind of like it was planned, but uh, really wasn't. I ended up here. We did an auction out in Washington State, and I came up here to help and thought it was kind of a neat area, and moved up here and and uh, worked this area. And our Twin Falls office was really a, an outgrowth of, of a man that went to school with Dad back in 1956. There was a man by the name of Jim Messersmith. He's actually a past president of the NAA, and him and Dad went to auction school together. And when he passed away. Uh, from a heart attack, uh, we were in contact with his spouse and widow and, and uh, took over his practice, and it just kind of grew uh, by fate and by time. And uh, today we do operate in primarily the five northwestern states and conduct farm equipment auctions, and real estate auctions, and machinery auctions, and a little bit of everything in between. So uh, do, you, do you specialize at each of your locations in a specific kind of asset, or do you all kind of team up when you when you book auctions? Uh, do you have your individual specialties, or, or do you all handle everything? We really all, I mean, we all do similar type of auctions. Certainly our bread and butter is still working for the farmers in our area selling equipment and land. That's certainly our bread and butter, but uh, we are morphing more and more into real estate. And uh, probably one of the neatest things about our organization is that we do have, between the four brothers, we have a lot of expertise, and we certainly have 
some of us are are more uh, capable of, of handling and dealing with certain type asset groups. And so if I get into a complicated real estate uh, auction, well, uh, Brother Harold out of Cody, he certainly is kind of our real estate guru and, and has a lot of expertise in that. I mean, we're pretty much all licensed in our respective states, but Harold just has a lot of expertise and a lot of there's a lot of help when you get into a complicated real estate auction. So we, he, you know, lends his support there, and and so we each kind of bring our different uh, strengths to the table, and and we're able to blend that together into a really nice team. I saw three bid calling titles for you on your bio on your website. You were the Northwest Auctioneer Champion in 2000. You won the IAC in 2001, and were the World All Around Champion in 2002. Did you know? always that you were going to be an auctioneer how did how did you personally get started in the industry and how did how did winning the championships help or change your business well i was probably the only brother of the four that i pretty well knew from when i was knee high to a grasshopper i wanted to be an auctioneer i loved the business i loved listening to to it we worked the auctions of course growing up and i just loved it and when i left high school i went right into the profession and uh, I've I've had a, a love and an affinity for a profession since I can remember. And uh, I like to tell the story that, you know, a lot of kids, when they're growing up, they take their toys and their matchboxes, and they probably play on the floor and do all kinds of things. And, well, when we were growing up, we'd line our toys up and have auctions, and we really did. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun at it. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, you know, natural outgrowth of that and going through uh, being involved in NAA and, of course, your state associations and so forth, it was just, uh, I think we're all pretty staunch competitors and, and like to do things. And I think the contests are great things for our profession. They, they uh, certainly magnify and, and emphasize probably the most uh, obvious part of our profession, and that is obviously the, the auctioneer and the bid caller. And so... I started participating uh, at the national level in the IEC. I actually participated in the very first one, 1988. It was held in Kansas City, Missouri, and, and uh, made it into the finals. But uh, Paul Bear took the trophy away that year. And then I actually didn't participate for a number of years. And I think the next time I participated was in uh, perhaps the mid-'90s, uh, early-'90s. And overall, I participated eight times. And my eighth time, I was... Uh, able to take the trophy home out of Boise, uh, Idaho. And it just so happened that prior to that, uh, the Northwest Auction Contest, that's a contest that's really sponsored by our home state here in Washington, but it's we invite auctioneers from the four or five Northwest states to participate, and I was able to win that up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and then subsequent to winning the IAC, I was in the aid put on a joint seminar and up in Canada with the Canadian Auctioneers Association and of course they host the World All Around Championship Contest. So I thought, well I'm there, I'm gonna enter it and get in and I was pretty fortunate that day and walked away with the hardware. How has it uh has it done anything for your business having having won the, the championships, having the hardware under your belt, so to speak? You know, I have to say it has because that was uh one thing that I'm involved in in our profession that you know, a lot of people don't know is I, I work as a contract auctioneer as well, uh, and uh, primarily for for one company over in Europe. And uh, it was them hearing about me, and it was actually I hadn't won the hardware yet. I had just placed uh, as a runner-up, 
and they had heard about it and read about it, and, and uh, just through fate and circumstances, uh, we connected, and uh, that was clear back in 2000, and uh, subsequent to that, I've made about 75 trips overseas and, you know, currently sell about 12 auctions a year in Germany and North Ireland. Wow. Well, you certainly keep on the move, and you and, and, and your firm are, are geographically spaced out. What what tools do you use, what, what technology tools or otherwise do you use to keep you and your brothers and other staff and crew in, in, in constant collaboration and communication with each other? Well, we do... We do cover a vast area. I mean, if I was to leave my office and drive to uh, Twin Falls and then up to Cody and then Delhi and back to my office, I'd cover about 1,700 miles. Wow. So it is a pretty wide geographic area. And, and uh, I think the favorite tool we use is our airplanes. Three of the four brothers are private pilots, and uh, we use our airplanes a lot to travel back and forth to the auction sites and between the offices. Uh, you know, we're not a hundred percent weather capable, can't go in all weather and so forth. So sometimes we still end up behind the wheel driving that long road, but, uh, the airplanes have been a great tool and, and we've used them and, and love them and enjoy them and have an affinity for aviation. But, uh, outside of that on a technology basis of, of course, uh, you know, plain old emails and being able to FTP things back and forth and send files back and forth and communicate virtually and uh, have a conversation. You know, we're all in different, you know, different time zones, and so one person may not be available, the others are, and so we're using emails as a great tool. Do a lot of conference calling uh, between us when we're working on a project together, and uh, I mean, the internet has been a has just been a lifesaver for us. Without it, I don't know what we would do. Probably nothing. You bet. Um, I think you told me once, or maybe it was one of your brothers at one of the conventions, but um, I heard that that somewhere around 20% of all of the the airplanes are for sale at any given time. Have you been fortunate enough to to sell any aircraft at auction? We have sold some aircraft at auction, not very many, and it's always been kind of a byproduct of another deal. I know we sold out a... uh, a spray plane operation in Red Lodge, Montana. We had about four or five airplanes on that. And uh, there's been some other times subsequent to that that we've had an airplane hither and thither. But uh, we've never been able to really um, leverage our affinity and our love for aviation into really anything big in, in, in selling airplanes. They're, they're kind of a complicated lot to, to sell. They have a, a complicated history and, and uh, maintenance and and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, folks that have tried to try to replicate for airplanes what's done for automobiles and heavy equipment and really not ever got, uh, gotten off the ground. Not saying that it would never would. I think it'd be kind of fun. But uh, the auction, we all believe, obviously, in the auction method. And it would be a great, great tool to, to uh, give more uh, liquidity to the aviation market because there is always... And I think that 20% number might be a little bit high. I think it might be closer to 10 or 12. But uh, there's always a constant uh, amount of, of uh, aircraft on the market and people looking for buyers and sellers looking for buyers. And uh, the auction would be a great model. And uh, maybe in the future something will come along that can make that a little bit better because they are, they are fun to sell and there's always seems to be buyers that are looking for it. People like to bid on them. 
Scott, I see you're using Zen Auctioneer from Rowdy Data for your website. Are you happy with it, and how easy is it to use, and what do you like and dislike about it? We made the transition to uh, Zen Auctioneer just about a year ago this time, or a little bit, well, we may have been on it 14 or 15 months, and at that time we were looking for a rebuild, and, and I just, by happenstance, I ran across the gentleman that owns uh, Rowdy Data by the name of Joshua Stingle, and Joshua is actually a webmaster for the state of Nevada, and he's responsible for about forty-five or 50,000 pages of uh, data for the state of Nevada, and he has uh, a personal relationship with some uh, auctioneers in Colorado, and I was invited to speak at their convention a couple of years ago down in Colorado, and, and as a byproduct of that, I started receiving some information, emails, and so forth from their association, and just uh, one of those happened to be an introduction of Joshua. And so I looked at his product, and I really thought it was clean and concise and and sharp, and he, he was uh, seemed to be willing to try new things. And so we worked with him. Uh, it was really a neat transition. Doing the, It was probably the easiest uh, it's ever been to build a website. And, and But I think we did some things that are probably good learning lessons and lessons learned to, to make building a website. I think uh, we all go through this and, and, you know, the first thing is, well, how, what's the look and feel going to be and, and uh, you know, what's the content and how, how is it going to be navigated and how is it going to be organized and, you know, if you don't spend a little time doing that background work on those items, then, you know, there's a lot of people go to a, you know, a web company and say, well, gee, I want a website, and, but they really have no idea what they want, how they want to communicate it, how they want it to look, and how it wants to, how it wants to, how they want their users to navigate around the site, and, and, you know, it's pretty difficult to start based on that. And so, in this one, we, I actually used uh, Apple's product, they have a product called iWeb, and so using iWeb, I designed primarily the look and feel and, and the navigation structure of our site. I kind of knew what I wanted and, and uh, again, the, the looks of it and the design, and I knew kind of how I wanted to organize. And that was a great stepping stone to start from because we were then able to uh, give that to Joshua and we had that loaded up on a back-end site and, and he can look at that and he say, well, gee, we can accomplish that and this here might be a little bit difficult and, yeah, we can do that and it was really a neat process, and, and frankly, from the time I turned him loose to uh, saying, okay, let's go, I think it was about 30 days, so it was no more than a month, and, and we were live with our new site. And uh, we like it. It's uh, it's very simplistic. It's, it doesn't have a, a huge amount of uh, back-end capabilities, but it does what we need it to do, you know, and I think sometimes we get... Um, overburdened sometimes and trying to do too much, but uh, it handles the things we want to do. We're able to put our Google Analytics on the back end of it and, and uh, get the kind of data that we want, the feedback we want on traffic and user, users and things like that. And uh, I've, I've uh, been real happy with our relationship and with the outcome. Well, I certainly agree with you um, on the importance of simplicity and having a, a site that is clean and lean and fast and, and usable, and, and your site certainly is. Um, how many uh, other auctioneers or do you know uh, are using this product? Is this something that that was that was custom made for you? Is this is this a product on the market that 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 auctioneers can use? Well, he, his his product, Zen Auctioneer, actually, uh, you know, is a, is a 
kind of an off the shelf deal that you know that he provides as a as a as a background uh, back end engine for auctioneer's website and and he made a tremendous amount of changes to it when when we built our site and in fact if you on his uh, website he talks a little bit about it I mean, we did a lot of things to stretch his capabilities and and asked him to to do a lot of changes and and those capabilities have then thus been built into the new version of Zen Auctioneer. I think, you know, perhaps today, in fact, I just happened by accident, ran across this site just the other day, and I looked and I said, hey, that's a Zen Auctioneer site. Hmm. And, and so, you know, I don't have any, uh, I don't think he lists, I don't know of any way of knowing how many he has, but, you know, it might be as few as five and maybe as many as 15 or 20 that are that are using it today. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he's not really actively really doing a big-time marketing push and so forth. He kind of relies on word of mouth, and, and, and he doesn't have a big organization to probably certainly to serve, you know, 100 or 200 or 500 clients. I don't think that's his goal, but he enjoys working with us, and he does kind of understand us and what we want, and he would enjoy to work with us. It's a lot of fun. Before before this interview started, I was having some some technical difficulties, and you gave me a little jibe as you usually do whenever I get the chance to talk to you about how I should switch to to Max. Um, what what software are you using to to clerk and cashier your auctions? Did you find something that works on the Mac or on the web, or do you have a a Windows rig that you take? What is what is your solution for clerking and cashiering events? Oh, great question. <laughs> You're going to enjoy the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That was the one program that we, uh, we, you know, of course, the best thing that ever happened on Max, or one of the nice things that happened on Max was when they went to the Intel processors, and of course, as you know, we're able to to run, uh, I can run two computers in one. I can have a Windows computer, or I can have a Mac computer, or actually I can have both in a virtual environment. And so we had been using a, a FileMaker-based uh, accounting package for a couple of years, and Prior to that, we actually were using a program that I wrote, a small little database program that I wrote. We used that for, gee whiz, we used that for 20 years nearly, and probably 2,000 auctions. And it was real quick and dirty and did what we need, but, you know, there was a lot of things we needed to start doing better, and I just didn't have the time or the resources to be able to, to be, dig back in and try to regenerate it. So we started looking, and, and uh, just this past uh year we converted over to option flex and uh, we run that on our Macs but in a Windows environment and uh, it's kind of nice it's it's real nice because uh, at the option sites we actually reboot our Macs into a pure Windows computer so then the computer doesn't think it's anything other than a Windows computer so you're so using you're using it. you're using boot camp for that rather than parallels is that right Correct, but we use both products. We use, you know, at the auctions, we use Boot Camp because we want to run in a pure Windows environment there. We don't want to have any issues with the parallel virtualization or anything like that. But uh, at the office here, now somebody calls and I need to look up a file, I just have parallels open and I can whip right into Option Flex and have my parallels window open, which gives me, a, you know, a window into my Windows computer, if you will. <laughs> And uh, I can open up a report and print something out or, you know, access the database and get any information I need to. But uh, at the auction, we will just uh, restart our computers into boot camp, and then we're running in a pure Windows environment. It's been a great solution. We really like it. The girls love it. You know, we went from the program that we had and that I had written, which was real simple, to 
what I think is a real Cadillac. I mean, they just, you know, we get, you know, having uh, barcode reading for driver's licenses and things like that on registration. That's, uh, <laughs> that was just light years ahead of where we were. And, uh, they think that's really great. I think, uh, perhaps the biggest challenge we face, uh, right now and, and Brandon and the staff at Auction Flex are working on some type of a solution to figure it out because we've not been the only company that's requested it. And that is that we're still running multiple databases because uh, there's really no way to maintain a, a master database on a server and then download that and take that out to the auction, do the auction, come back and upload your auction results and new buyers and consigners and all that and keep that in a master database and with its, in its current configuration. But uh, I think that's something that uh, we've asked them for and they're working on and I know other users have talked to them about because I think with the with the, you know, auctioneers are out growing out and they're opening up other offices as you guys are and it'd be nice to have one master database rather than having three and that's probably the biggest challenge we face today in that regard. I certainly know know that, that problem all too well as we've opened our additional locations and faced that, that same that same issue. Um, our solution was, was a lot more painful for me at least and that was to uh, build a, a web-based system, which has its benefits in that it's light and fast and all you need is a web browser to use it, but the problem is that you have to have internet to conduct auctions, and, and I know that that is, exactly. that is not a, 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 an option for everyone, and, and we've certainly had some challenges with that, and you know the, the, the wireless cards and the wireless routers that you can get, um, they have their limitations as well, so um, there is yet to be a, a perfect solution. Um, mm-hmm. What... Uh, are you offering internet bidding on on the assets that you sell, and in what provider are you using for that? We have, uh, yes, we are. Uh, we're offering the inter- inter- internet simulcast on a majority of our personal property auctions. We haven't done much in the real estate end of it, and uh, we've really utilized three different solution providers. Uh, used NA Live a few times. Uh, we've used. Uh, proxy bid quite a few times and then we actually have uh, uh, we have the ability to run it ourselves uh, but we've really I think uh, you know in the in the recent past we've probably primarily used proxy bid and, and we've done that probably just because of the sheer critical mass that they have you know I think we have to look at internet bidding as, uh, as two different two different reasons I believe for internet bidding one is is uh, and one that most people don't think about, I think, or we didn't think about originally, was just the exposure factor of, you know, you get your auction up on a platform uh, in a portal like ProxyBid, and they've just got critical mass of enough eyeballs looking at for assets, and uh, you gain some new bidders just using that as an exposure um, for exposure. Um, and obviously the second reason for Internet bidding is just the enabling technology where we're enabling parties to bid on our asset that we're selling at auction no matter where they're at. So the, the comfort and convenience of being able to do that. And, and that was the primary reason. I think we've all gone to that and, and done that. But the second reason, and probably just as almost as important, is the exposure of, of getting more buyers. And I know it just kind of depends on the asset group that you're selling. But, uh, you know, this fall we did an antique tractor auction, and I don't think there's probably a better better portal and better place to get that exposed than on proxy bid because they got a lot of people that are 
and there are detractors that watch that uh, watch their site a lot. And I know I've heard the same thing about firearms, and we've had some experience in that too. We did a firearm auction. We did a firearm auction uh, oh, a year and a half ago or so down in South Idaho, kind of a neat collection of Western firearms. And and uh, you know we had I think, and this will be music to your ears, Aaron, but we we were about eighty five percent there before the auction ever started. Uh, in other words, I mean, the pre-bid that had happened prior to that was, I mean, we, you know, we were lucky on some items. We didn't get any more bids at the live auction, and some we mm-hmm. did get some. But uh, it, was, it was great participation of firearms on that on that platform. It's sure nice to have a safety net before the auction begins to know that you're going to be right. at a specific price and to be able to tell your seller that, you know, this is where we are and, and this is where we're going to start, and then anything else is additional for that seller. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great feeling. It was a great great tool, and I think it's just that's a tool that's just going to get better and better and better because as the as more users become comfortable with bidding online and and uh, we have more services, we get better at communicating what we're selling and get better at communicating information about what we're selling and and give them everything that they can need to make that decision remotely. Then it's just going to get better, and it's a great technology. Scott, you're my first guest that 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 whose company is a member of a, a, an association or a franchise or or, or an alliance. Um, I see on your website uh, the United Country logo. What what does United Country bring to the table for Musser Brothers? Well, we we about two years ago. Um, you know, prior to two years ago, our bread and butter was and has historically been farmers and ranchers and selling farm equipment. And we have done a lot of real estate, but mostly by accident. Um, and frankly, two years ago in some of our planning sessions and our long-term planning, uh, we just recognized that, you know, you talk to our, our uh, you know, you talk to our peers in the industry in different areas of the country. You know, you talk to somebody that's an auctioneer in Kentucky and, yeah, 20 years ago, they were selling all farm equipment. Today, they don't sell any farm equipment, you know. And it kind of came to the realization that that's, you know, probably even though we are in a big agricultural area and we still have a great agricultural base, but that's going to diminish. I mean, we were seeing, you know, we're, we're certainly doing less and less auctions uh, today than we were 20 years ago. I mean, by a huge amount of number now, the volume and the dollars are thankfully greater. But uh, in the auctions we're doing, the individual auction is, is much larger, but uh, we're, the volume of, of number of auctions is diminishing. And, and, you know, I think that's just a sign of the times and the, what, what's happening in the American farmer and how many are out there. And so we kind of made a concerted decision two years ago that we were going to to spend a lot more time and resource, resources and energy on developing the real estate side of our business and, and give more of a focus to that. And you know, it just so happened about that same time as when the United Country launched with their auction model. And we thought there was a, a lot of things that were a good fit for us at the time. Um, primarily, number one, the United Country has, has, has really made their... Uh, their lion's share of their business and activity has been rural America, and that certainly fits with our morals and, and how we operate and where we operate and what we've done. You're not going to find a United Country in downtown Chicago or downtown L.A. or anywhere like that. They kind of made their mark in rural America. And so we felt that was a good fit. 
and we were excited to see a national company, an old company, an established company, um, really give credibility to the auction model of selling real estate. And, you know, in my opinion, they were really the first ones to ever come along and say, you know, the first real estate franchise company to come along and say, you know, the auction model makes sense. Uh, maybe not in everything, but we recognize it's valid and it's, and it, and it's validity. And so we felt that, you know, it was worth a try. And, and frankly, we're a year into it, year and a half into it. And, uh, you know, it, it's not been without its challenges. Um, I think it's still a work in progress. Uh, they, they're doing a lot of things and they're trying to do a lot of things and, and probably the challenges that they're facing as an organization is, is making their model fit. You know, they've had a model that has fit a traditional real estate franchise for the last 70 years. And, you know, it's been a challenge and a struggle for them to morph us independent auctioneers into their systems in all ways. And so uh, they're going through some growing pains with that. I think in the long term, and you know, I think any deal we do like that is going to be a long-term play. I think it's going to be beneficial to us. Uh, we bring a lot of things to the table and uh, some good exposure, and we're just getting involved in some things right now that would, we would have never been able to get our foot in the door without them. I mean, and that was probably you know, the number one reason we went and, and aligned ourselves with them. We felt that they could open some doors that we probably could never open ourselves, and we're starting to see a little bit of that come to fruition. Scott, you were recently featured heavily on the on the auction network. Uh, they covered a, a, a very, uh, very good, from what I saw and, and what I watched, very good auction that, that you conducted here a while back. What was that experience like, and, and has that has, has that coverage helped your business? Uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm real excited by to see what the auction network is doing. Uh, I think they're just uh, they're exposing our industry in ways that we probably never thought possible. And uh, we have been very fortunate enough to have them involved and come out and film us on two separate occasions. Uh, a year ago, they came out to Washington and spent uh, a day with us at a just a typical farm auction. And uh, the film crew were just fabulous to work with. They asked all the right questions. Very diligent. I've just been amazed. Um, subsequent to that auction in Washington, then, uh, as some of the, your listeners will know, we actually did a living estate auction for my father. He was a very eclectic collector. And we sold 1,500 items of his, everything from firearms to pottery to Indian rugs and bear traps and antique arcade toys and automobiles. And if it was, if, if you collected it, it wasn't there, you, you couldn't collect it. <laughs> you had a little bit of everything. And so when they came out to Washington, they thought, you know, that, that auction, that auction of your dad's is just going to be a fun one to do. And it was a three day auction. And they flew the film crew in there, and, you know, we started the auction on Thursday evening at 5 o'clock, and they showed up Thursday morning, and they were there until we said sold on the last item on Thursday night, and they were there before we opened up the auction on Friday morning, and they were there until after we said sold on the last item Friday, and the same thing on Saturday. And I really, I actually commented to the producer, Janice, I says, you know, I can't believe you guys don't just feel like you know, gee, haven't we seen everything we get out of here at 9 o'clock tonight? You know, because I think Saturday night we went until 10.30 or something. Right. That was till the last dog was hung. 
And I thought, surely you felt you've got everything. He said, you know, we just don't know what we're going to miss, and we don't want to miss any opportunity. And so they take a tremendous amount of footage, and I think very successfully put together put that footage together into really what looks like great segments about auctions. They were fun to work with. It was exciting. We've uh, tried to leverage, obviously, that exposure a little bit uh, by putting links on our web website so people or our customers can see it and, and see that we were featured. We really haven't seen any big outgrowth or anything that really come of that, but they're great pieces. They're pieces that we'll treasure. I mean, there's a segment that's got a couple of my kids in it that you know I'll treasure for the rest of my life. And I know 20, 30, 40 years, I'll look back and just uh, you know, won't have a dry eye when I look at them. It's a, they're, they're really... Uh, warm segments that they do and they really cast our auction industry in a real positive light. I'm excited to have them. Scott, you're a CAI designee candidate with this coming year being, I think, your second out of three in the course. Is that right? Actually, I will be class three. We'll be class three. uh, On the home stretch. You've been very active in the NAA for a long time, holding some very important positions. Um, Why did you wait so long to enroll? What are your thoughts on, on Classes 1 and 2, and, and what would you say to other auctioneers who question the value of CAI? Well, the reason that we waited so long, we, I mean, three of the four brothers are in the same class together, and, uh, you know, as I've said a couple times in the conversation, our bread and butter has been farm and ranch auctions, and, you know, it has not been uncommon historically for us to do 60 or 70% of our annual volume in about a two-and-a-half or three-month period. Well, that three-month period is February, March, and April. <laughs> and as you know, CAI happens in the middle of March. Yep. And so we just just never felt we could really commit to making that type of commitment when, gee whiz, it's just, uh, this is what, you know, it's kind of harvest season for us. But, uh, you know, now that, that the auctions are getting fewer and, and uh, you, you, you know, you go from the days of, you know, 20 years ago, we might have 25 auctions in a, in a month period uh, to where now, you know, that's not happening. Um, and so there, there's more time in between. And so we felt, you know, I think it was, you know, it was kind of blended in at the same time when we wanted to get a little bit more serious on the real estate and we just felt it was time. And so we went through some planning sessions with Joe Calhoun um, priority advantage guy, and, and you know he helped focus us on what we needed to do and some things that we needed to do, and, and that was probably kind of that was one of the outgrowths of spending some time with him. Was to you know you need to make the commitment. So three and four of us did, and and we've been through class one and two, and you know I think class one for auctioneers that have been in the business a long time, you know is really pretty elementary. It's kind of a it's kind of a homogenous class to where you're trying to get everybody at the same level, and and then class two, you get into some more accelerated type things, and we're real excitedly looking through forward to class three. And, uh, you know, not it's not just what you learn in the classroom, and I know it's a cliche, but, you know, you build some lifelong friendships and relationships with people. There at CEI, you're going to school with 60 people there that you're spending a lot of time with, both during class and after class, and uh, it's, it's a great experience. It's a great experience. 
great networking capabilities and and certainly some great higher learning. I mean, we've certainly taken some things away from class two and even in class one that were good takeaways for us. Like, you know, we need to bring that back and apply it. We need to do that. And, you know, a lot of learning is not maybe so much necessarily learning things we, we don't know, but it's being reminded of things we know that we should be doing that we're not. And uh, that was a good exercise for us in class one and two, and we're really excited to be going back to three. Well, you bet. That's a good way to put it, too, about about not so much learning new things, but learning the importance of, of doing things that you already know that you should be doing. Um your term as president of the NAA begins this summer at the NAA conference and show in Kansas City. What do you hope to accomplish during your term, and what is your vision of the future of the auction industry? Well, I think, uh, you know, in a nutshell, um, I want to do everything in my power to make NAA as relevant as possible for America's auctioneers. And, you know, the needs of America's auctioneers are changing. And, uh, you know, there's people that are scared. They're, they're concerned. Uh, you know, when eBay came on the scene 10 years ago, everybody was concerned and worried that perhaps they were going to just, you know, shut down all the mom-pop auction galleries. And they heard pretty much to some extent that probably has happened. And, but, you know, there's been some, there's been some uh, byproducts of eBay that have, that have probably made auctions stronger. I think eBay has, has introduced, you know, 300 million people to auctions and the power of what an auction can do and what competitive bidding can do. And uh, if there's anything I want to do, I think we just, I, I want to get NAA to be as relevant and user-friendly to its member auctioneers as much as possible. And we're going to try to to uh, add some tools and some, some devices and some, some uh, things in our website that, uh, that are that become useful tools and become you know my goal is that you know we we create some tools and we create some uh, some things that that NA can provide that become you know not just nice and not just warm and fuzzy but virtually become necessities of being an auctioneer and uh, I think maybe the other thing that I'd like to spend some energies and times on is to try to see where we can make NAA and National Auctioneers Association more relevant to just your, con- you know, to your contract bid callers. Uh, not wanting to diminish their importance or anything, but you know, frankly, there's a lot of them that are not members of NAA. There's a lot of livestock auctioneers and auto auctioneers and contract bid callers out there that really don't see a need for you know what NAA can do for them. And so, hopefully, we can create some uh, some. Uh, scope of work, we can create some, some offerings that they'll see that are beneficial to them, be it in our training, in our classrooms, and, and uh, things in our magazines that maybe are just a little bit more relevant to them and get them more involved, because there's there's a lot of them out there that aren't members, and, and frankly, I you know, right now, today, I can't say that there probably is a lot that NAE offers, so hopefully we can add to that and uh, make it a little bit more beneficial, but... Uh, in a nutshell, I want to make NAA relevant and uh, very relevant to all auctioneers and not just a select few. Well, that's it for Episode 14. Thanks so much for joining me today, Scott, and I look forward to seeing you this March in Bloomington at CAI. Aaron, thanks for your time. You have a great new year, and uh, again, look forward to seeing you in Bloomington as well. My guest today was Scott Musser, BAS from Musser Brothers. 
to learn more about Musser Brothers or to contact Scott or to see the links to the segments on the Auction Network, visit www.mbauction.com. You've been listening to the Auction Podcast from Auctioneer Tech. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, or are interested in being a guest, please let me know by going to www.auctioneertech.com feedback and leaving a message. You can also post public comments about this or any other episode, as well as find show transcripts on the Auction Podcast page of auctioneertech.com. Thank you for listening. Now go sell something.